Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We danced to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. So this week I am talking to my friend Ryan Buds. I met Ryan when I was living in Los Angeles, and he became one of those people that wasn't just a peer when it came to doing comedy, but he also became a really good friend and He's a person I find absolutely delightful as a human being and inspirational as a creator because he does so much. And he is also in the movie Sharknado. (laughs) I feel like legally, anytime anyone talks to you, Ryan, we're required to mention Sharknado. It's on my driver's license. I don't know how they did it. It's like organ donor. And then it was, it says says beach victim number one, Sharknado survivor, right under that. It's very bizarre. Exactly. It's part Uh, of the real ID system. Everyone has to get updated with any extra roles they had in sci-fi channel movies. Right. Like in Michigan, us bordering Canada, we have to have like a special certification to say whether or not we can legally travel into Canada. But in California, you have a little certification saying whether or not you're in one of the Sharknado movies. Exactly. It's actually a little icon of just Ian Zeering's face from 90210. Which makes very confusing on his driver's license because it, yeah. it, it actually sort of looks like the Jaws logo. And he has to say, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not in the good shark movie. <laughs> My name's Finn. Get it? That's his character name in the movie. Oh, was uh, it? Mike, thanks for having me on the show today. I love movies, so when you said let's talk about movies, I said let's do it. I know, and, and well, you were one of the people I immediately thought of because you've made your living in the entertainment industry, but like me, you grew up in the Midwest, so I think you have a different relationship with movies than the people that when we moved to California that were like, Oh yeah. Poltergeist that was shot down the street, you know, like, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind uh, of thing. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I grew up editing movies because when you live in the Midwest, you don't really, you know that they're made in California, like for the most part. Uh, and that's about all, you know, you're just like, assume that everything's just kind of made there in some way. And it's probably this magical place. And I moved out to California in 2012 in my late twenties. And, uh, it really was kind of mystical when I first moved there. I lived right across from Warner brothers studios. So I would see all these women lining up every day to go into the tapings of Ellen. And it was right out my back window of this small apartment complex. And, um, it was just crazy being thrown right into the heart of, of where they're making stuff, you know? Um, and then Warner Brothers, they had the Warner Brothers Tower right there that was right behind the Ellen area. And uh, it was crazy to see that. I'm like, that's where Yakko, uh, Wacko and Dot live on Animaniacs. And now I'm I'm neighbors with them in some weird way. For, uh, for me, still, right down that, these... that street right there was across the street from the Warner Brothers studio is like the parking lot where they keep all the rental vehicles. That also oh, yeah. doubles for the storefront for Superstore. So yeah. I would see the water tower, but I'd also go, oh, and there's the Superstore. So. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, even all these years later, so I've been out here eight years this fall, I still, I, I still feel like it's a special thing, especially when I'm driving over in that area specifically, because you're just right in the heart of all of it. And like you just said, you could drive right by the storefront of the of a hit sitcom set right there. And, and then right over that hill is uh, Universal City and, and, and the theme park and all those uh, studios and different things like that. And, and then, you know, down the street, you're at the Hollywood Walk of Fame and where they do the Oscars. And it's just nuts. It's you're right by everything. And uh, uprooting from the Midwest and, and kind of planting yourself in that. Even in 2020, I imagine it was even crazier like in the 90s, you know, when we didn't have as much internet to like look up stuff and see what stuff looked like. It definitely changed the way I look at movies. Like we watched the Muppet movie with Jason Siegel last night and the building that Chris Cooper's character owns is the building that Allison and I worked in in Los Angeles and yeah. we're just sort of like oh wow this rich man building is the Bank of America building and <laughs> crazy yeah yeah it, it is it's pretty cool when you find out those little easter eggs like that you're like wait that's just someone's backyard that's my neighbor's backyard what right do you ever think about that now that you're a, a parent that your kids are going to grow up with a completely different relationship to movies than you had growing up with yeah i'll give you a quick example um it was, it's more of a commercial thing, but I, we were watching, we were staying at a house at Big Bear, uh, Big Bear Lake in California a year or two ago. My daughter's five now, so she's probably three. And we put her, uh, in the bedroom to kind of get ready for a nap. And we're like, here, let's, let's put on Toy Story. So we put on Toy Story on a TV and she came out like five minutes later and she goes, uh, mom, dad, she goes, there's some real adult stuff on the screen. And we're like, oh my God. Like, what's going on? So we ran in there and it was just a commercial for like Tylenol, but she had <laughs> never seen a commercial because we don't, oh. have, we don't have cable at all. And we haven't for, I mean, even before we had kids, we didn't have cable. So she had never seen a real commercial, like interrupt a program on a television screen before. And it was, it was just like blowing her mind. And then it blew our minds. She was saying adults and the fact that it was two people like popping a pill, you know, <laughs> drinking a glass of water, you know, um, you know, she knows what a commercial is now from, like a YouTube pop-up. That's pretty much it. Or the ads at the beginning of a YouTube video, but there's almost nothing she watches. Cause everything she, she watches is a streaming service that doesn't have commercials. So that, that whole thing just, I, sometimes I fall asleep watching old commercials. I don't know if you've ever done that, 
uh, you can go on YouTube and type in eight, like nineteen eighty nine Saturday morning cartoon commercials, and right. it'll just be five hours of commercials you can watch. And I go, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. And it really does jog a weird part of your memory, kind of like your sense of smell, where you're like, I can specifically remember sitting in my family room eating a bowl of mac and cheese, watching this weird commercial for the first time. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but it, it kind of came up on an earlier episode where I was talking to my friend who's in his early 20s and he's a comedian too I don't want you to think I'm just going around hanging out with guys in their early 20s um, <laughs> and we were talking about watching Alfred Hitchcock movies and he asked me if I saw Rear Window and if I did it probably would have been on network television as a child cut for commercials and that's just ruining the pace of a movie when oh, yeah. yeah and yeah kids nowadays don't have to really experience commercials with the exception of the one or two at the beginning of their youtube videos yeah exactly that is uh that is a whole different world that um i'm glad you can go back and look that stuff up you know like i like doing that but it is something that will just be kind of mixed out of of lives of our kids i think so what were you're about 15 years younger than i am what were the movies that you grew up with that you remember really loving as a kid i was a big fan of all of the uh spoof movies so specifically i love naked gun and airplane and wrongfully accused although i pretty much every leslie nielsen movie i, got <laughs> I was gonna uh, say is I, leslie nielsen your uncle or something <laughs> yeah no all the leslie nielsen movies i loved every time a new one would come out even if it looked terrible i was like i gotta see that in theaters um i really liked loaded weapon i would love i loved renting movies like finding a spoof movie in the comedy section at a video store was always like a real treat if I had not seen it. You know, something like Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Right. I was like, what's this? And I, I don't think to this day I've ever seen Don't the real Don't. Is it called Don't Be a Menace, the real one? Menace yeah. Society, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So their parody, Don't Be a Menace, is the only one I've seen. So that, that's another thing where, like, certain times I've only seen the parody. Similar to a Weird Al song catalog, there's certain Weird Al songs I've never gone back and listened to the original. I just know Weird Al's take on it, you know? Yeah, there, there uh, are some songs that I know the Weird Al version better, even if there's songs that I heard first the original. Like, the song Lola always sounds yeah, weird to me, I, where I'm like, no, this should be about Yoda. Yeah, ex- I was just going to say that's the perfect example of I don't even want to listen to Lola. I just want to hear the Yoda song, you know? Right. Um, I'm in a swamp down in Dagobah. That's the first line of the real song. That's, yeah, how, that's how I know. On the same episode that we were talking to my friend Johnny Mockney, who's the comedian in his 20s, he was talking about how he grew up with a lot of Mel Brooks movies. So he was kind of introduced to different genres like you know before he saw star wars he saw space balls and before he ever saw oh, western yeah. he saw blazing saddles and maybe those spoof movies are kind of a good introduction to what they're actually spoofing that i think that is cool I, that's a good way of thinking about it, a good point because yeah it, it does and it kind of makes you understand more of the uh, the plot and stuff of movies when you do go watch the originals because you're just like oh like the movie wrongfully accused is a is a loose parody of the fugitive right um and if you watch them side by side they really do try to capture a lot of the major scenes from that movie and you wouldn't think that that would be a movie like somebody's like we got a parody the fugitive three years after it came out <laughs> like it's just like really random <laughs> but uh one time my friend steve nelson and i we watched we watched wrongfully accused like once a week in from like sixth grade to like I don't know, 11th grade, something like that. We watched it all the time and we wrote down all the jokes and it was like into the thousands. 
And that was something where way before I did stand up or anything, I'm like, man, if I ever make a movie or I write a script, like it's got to have like a thousand jokes in it <laughs> because this movie that no one ever talks about and we love has over a thousand jokes, yeah. like clear, clear lines uh, that are supposed to be funny or things in the background or weird props or sound effects and all these things that add up to, and even when you hit that number, it's not a movie that anyone ever references for any reason, really, except me right now. So it's weird. I think the charm of those too, is that there are so many jokes that, you know, like a movie like airplane that was made in the very late seventies, maybe early, maybe 1980. I can't remember the exact year airplane came out yeah but yeah 1980 like some people aren't going to understand why the woman speaking jive is funny or even what speaking jive is but there's still (laughs) going to be 999 other jokes in the movie that just going by like odds the movies are going to hold up because there are so many jokes exactly um, I didn't know Airplane was a parody of anything for decades after I watched it. Uh, it's a, it's like a, it's a, it was a parody of these, uh, a bunch of movies that came out in the seventies. I think it was the first one might have been called Airport seventy seven. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Airport seventy seven was one of them. Um, I think on the Johnny Mockney episode, he references the exact movie that Airplane was parodied from, where they took the ex- whole script of this other movie and then they just shoved a thousand jokes in it because they didn't know how to write <laughs> a story. So they just took this existing <laughs> story. And some of the yeah. lines are word for word, same lines. And they have videos on YouTube. <laughs> this feels That's like an funny. ad for YouTube where they take the <laughs> original movie that was being parodied and a scene from Airplane and play them side by side. And they play it pretty straight. It's pretty amazing. That is awesome. I think the Zucker brothers and or Zucker, Abram Zucker... That did airplane. They're originally from Chicago, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe that's why I'm so connected to those. Yeah, <laughs> but they they moved to L.A. and wherever they're originally from. I'm pretty sure Chicago. And then they opened the Kentucky Fried Theater. So a lot of these actors like. Peter Graves and stuff like that only did the movie because their kids were fan of this real punk rock, edgy comedy that they were doing in this, you know, really tiny theater on Pico or something like that. So I think that's pretty amazing that that's how they were able to get the cast. They just had the children of all these stars uh, were fans and they were like, come on, dad, just do this movie. They're funny guys. (laughs) I watched uh, Naked Gun, the first one on Netflix the other night, and and it came from um, my wife. We were going through stuff to watch, and she she stopped on that, and the trailer or the clip for it started to play, and uh, she went to something else. I go, go back to that. That's a funny scene. She goes, I know what it is. She goes, "Uh, who's on first and stop calling me Shirley? Real funny. And (laughs) I was like, what? She was just picking like random comedy tropes and throwing them all together. And uh, neither of those things are from the Naked Gun, but she, uh, it made me laugh really hard, but also uh, made me almost file divorce papers. You know? Oh, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but do you think, do you think that spoofs could work in the modern movie marketplace? Like they still come out every once in a while, but they're really 
I would say in the last 10 years, the only thing you're getting is maybe a, a Wayne's Brothers type spoof. Uh, the Haunted House movies they made, Marlon Wayne's, which did really well. Uh, I, I, I didn't see those. Uh, Dance Flick, but Dance Flick I think was already like 15 years ago. So um, I think the problem with the spoof movies now is that they are mostly joke machines without paying attention to being true to the thing that they are spoofing. Like the charm of those movies and early Leslie Nielsen is that they were all being played straight. They weren't being done by comedic actors. They just kind of let the joke stand on their own. And hopefully that will happen. But then again, maybe because of the culture that we're in now, there just isn't a market for that kind of stuff. I hope so. One of the things that we do with my main project, my truth project, the guy who does all of our videos, Tim Den Otter, just bought a lot of equipment. And I had the idea of trying to do a horror movie because those all have built-in audiences, but take the character that I do and my partner Alex does on our truth cast and everything and put these two idiot characters in a legit horror movie and uh, try to spoof a horror movie that way. And I, I don't know. That would, be, that would be great. I think that's a really cool use of, of using those characters in something and uh, would be very interested to watch that. That's a very, very cool idea. Your son is still really young, so it's probably too early to introduce him to the stuff that you loved growing up. I remember that Annabelle, you were very thrilled when she started playing with like your wrestling figures and stuff like that. Uh, what have you guys been really excited to introduce her to and excited to see that she really latched on to and enjoyed that you guys both loved? I can't think of too many movies I've sat down and said, hey, we got to watch this movie uh, that I grew up watching, which is strange because you would think I would do that. It's mostly TV shows, and I've been doing it a lot with Disney Plus, where I will bust out an old cartoon I watched, like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, mm -hmm. and, and she'll go, yeah, let's watch this, Dad, and she gets really hooked on it. So I haven't done it with too many movies, um, but I think she would get a kick out of some of these spoof movies, so I might... Uh, I might introduce her to a movie called Spy Hard with Leslie Nielsen. Oh, yeah. Uh, where uh, Weird Al actually does the opening song and his head explodes. So <laughs> certain things like that where I'm like, is she ready to see Weird Al's head explode? I don't know. She's five. So we'll see. Uh, but we've been doing, we've been on this uh, lockdown, this quarantine, we've been doing a lot of video gaming. We got this new Animal Crossing for Nintendo Switch game. Yep. And that's the first game she can really play on her own and actually get stuff done and like have goals in the game. And she's like, Dad, look, did you see what I did with the house here? And so that's been really fun. Um, I, 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 it came out last Friday and the night before it came out, I kept telling her how I was going to get it. She goes, hey, Dad, when you get it, she goes, go get it the night before and then put it under my pillow so I have it when I wake up. And when your mm -hmm. kid tells you to do that, you're like, there's no way I can't do that now. Yeah. So I was like, time to go get COVID-19 possibly, but make my <laughs> daughter happy. Uh, so I went to Walmart at 8 a.m. the next morning and got it. And I did deliver it under the pillow right before she woke up. So we've been doing a lot of that stuff. But, uh, you know, having this chat with you now is going to encourage me to maybe get her to watch some more stuff in terms of movies uh, specifically. You guys have done a good job. I'm very happy that Allison and I got to know you guys. And I'm happy that you're someone who I know I can call on as I try to navigate this parenting stuff. Because, <laughs> like I said, you are a hugely inspirational person both as a creator and as a human being and uh thanks for taking the time to do this today ryan 
Of course, Mike. Uh, same, same. Everything you just said, right back at you guys, and uh, so glad to know you. Thanks for having me on. I'm trying to do this as a family podcast, and one of the things that Allison and I have liked to do on road trips is I will go through episodes of the Trivia with Buds podcast and find topics that she and I both know something about and will challenge each other. So please listen to Ryan's podcast. It is great family entertainment. I hope that I haven't slowed down too much since moving back here. Is that a thing that you think about being a parent too, that you want Annabelle to like create stuff instead of just consume? Or is that putting the cart before the horse? Or am I overthinking this being a dad thing? No, no, no. I think I, yeah, we, we, we really make a lot of efforts to try and get her to try to create a lot of different things, whether it's music or art or drawing or reading or writing and anything that she sees me doing, I want her to be able to feel like she can do it uh, at her age. So we, we started this podcast last year. It was, it was kind of, a, it wasn't really a podcast. It was like a web show where it was just called the daddy daughter podcast. And she, that came from her going, Hey, I, I always see you doing a podcast. Can I do one? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, people would write questions for her and, and send stuff in and it was fun. And now that she's off school with the quarantine, we might bust that back out. So yeah, we are all about creating stuff uh, in our house at, at any age especially the younger ages what do you think her favorite movie is right now uh she is uh i would say 100 percent hooked on frozen 2 which is like every kid in the world but when they added that free to disney plus uh early a couple weeks ago i think we've seen it 20 times it's, it's been on the house at least 20 times i have uh, so many sesame street songs stuck in my head now just <laughs> I know it's just the bright colors because he's only four months old, but uh, so many songs that are just <laughs> probably never going to leave. No, no, they'll be there forever. Thank you, Ryan. I miss Thanks, you, Mike. buddy. Miss you too, man.